You know, uh, as we are learning, we have three guides inside of us. Uh, we have a gut guide, we have a head guide, and we have a heart guide. And uh, what we're finding out is that we tend to believe one guide over the other two. And we believe it to such a degree that we think that everything we need will be given to us from that one guide. We diminish the other two extensively. And so my wiring is, is that I think that my head guide is going to tell me everything that I need to know. I think that my head guide tells me the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and I believe everything I think. And as a result, I have diminished my heart guide, and I have diminished my gut guide. So um, my heart guide knows that I am trying to listen to her, and my gut guide knows that I'm trying to listen to him. And as a result, they have begun to speak more, much to my dismay. And so my heart guide had the audacity to communicate a desire. And my gut guide said yes before my head guide could say, are you crazy? And so my heart guide uh, said to my gut guide, I'm suspecting that the head guide doesn't have that much power anymore. So message Doug real quick and tell him that you're available if he would like a break. And so... Doug's messages back, yes, thank you, please. And at that point, my head guide goes bananas. <laughs> she proceeds to punish me the whole next day. I go inert. Um, she says, are you crazy? You know, you only had three days. You know you can't do this in three days. Um, and uh, I didn't tell him exactly what I was going to tell, to speak on. And so as a result, I did not have his authority to tell me it was wonderful and so I had nobody out there to say, yes, that's a good idea. So now I'm floundering anymore because uh, now I'm having to rely on my own power. And that's very difficult for me. And uh, so uh, the head, try, the head, uh, uh, the head uh, intelligence says, uh, you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. You don't have anything to say. And she goes bananas. And, uh, and then my heart guide and my gut guide say, sweetheart, it's perfectly all right. Calm down. You know I'm as smart as the head guide. You know that what I have to say is true. You can trust me. Just calm down. Besides, Doug needs a break. And in addition to that, it's been raining for 11 days and nobody's going to be there. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, grasping for straws here. Uh, so anyway, so this heart uh, intelligence that I have, this heart guide, what was it? What were the thoughts that she had that uh, she wanted spoken, and uh, and that the gut uh, guide said was such a great idea? <clears throat> well, this is this is what the thoughts were that uh, the heart guide wanted spoken. Uh, this time next year, as you have been hearing, we will be in a different place. Um, and if you are like me, the odds are you have begun, to some degree, a grieving process, uh, you have begun feeling anxiety, or you have begun deciding not to feel anxiety, one or the other. And so part of the grieving process is a lot of remembering, and uh, I can remember when I came here uh, 15 years ago that we had a platform over here in the corner, and uh, we had a huge cross that went all the way up to the ceiling, and... Uh, <clears throat> I remember the first time I came, there were probably maybe 50 people here, 
and during the um, What Are You Thinking? Uh, my very first time here, I don't know what got into me, but I actually responded. And uh, something about how do you experience God, and I still remember telling 50 strangers that I experienced God like on the receiving end of a jackhammer. And chances are, I, I think I started crying. 50 strangers, private person. I don't know what got into me, but I kept coming back. And so memories like that, of course, fill every single room, 15 years' worth of memories. And so I'm grieving. I'm feeling anxiety. And the odds are you are grieving as well, and you are feeling anxiety as well, whether you have 15 years or not. And I am concerned about your grieving, and I am concerned about your anxiety. And so, as a result, I talk to you in my mind. You don't know that, but I do that. I am talking to you in my mind a lot. And so, in the talking to you in my mind, here is what I feel like. Um, If we're going to say that we have to become childlike to enter into God's essence, I am now going to give you an opportunity to be childlike, and we are going to review the tale of Peter Rabbit. There there he is, bless his heart. And so uh, Peter Rabbit um, was sent out that day by his mother, along with his three sisters. That was a joke. (laughs) So that was a joke. Uh, So anyway, uh, dear Peter, uh, he was sent out that morning along with his three sisters, and his mother gave him explicit instructions not to go to Mr. McGregor's garden. And so the first place that Peter Rabbit went was Mr. McGregor's garden. And he proceeded to eat... uh, radishes and beans and lettuce. And because his tummy was feeling uh, a little uneasy at that point, he finished it with parsley. And uh, in uh, Beatrice Potter, uh, she says, he went lippity, lippity, lippity. It was so cute. He doesn't hop. He goes lippity, lippity, lippity. And so, uh, unfortunately, Mr. McGregor saw him. And so his little lippities changed, and he went scootering off and lost his coat, and in the process got lost. So, bless his heart. So, this is what Beatrice Potter writes. She says, Peter gave himself up for lost and shed big tears. But his sobs were overheard by some friendly sparrows who flew to him and implored him to exert himself. And so this is what I feel like when I talk to you in my mind. I am in my mind, I am imploring you to exert yourself. But the imploring that I am doing, the exertion that I want you to do, is to exert yourself to become receivers. Receivers of grace. Now, I know that you're not a rabbit, and I know that there is no Mr. McGregor, and I know that there, you, have not partaked, have, you have not taken any forbidden fruit or vegetables. And you have not shed any big tears, and you are not sobbing. I know all of that. But still, I still feel like flying to you and imploring you to exert yourself to receive grace. To receive grace during this season of grieving and anxiety. So this is what I'm going to be talking about this morning. I'm imploring you to receive grace. And sometimes receiving grace means that you listen to God. So when I listen to God for us, a community, this is what I hear. And in my old church, this is the way we would go about saying what we were hearing. 
So since we're becoming childlike and since we are pretending, let's pretend that what I am hearing is what God is saying. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and this is what God is saying. If we would like to pretend that what I am hearing is what God is saying. Dear and precious people that are mine, heart of my heart, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, I know this is not an easy time for you. I know transitions stir up anxieties and fears and sadnesses and resentments. I know sifting and stirrings and movings feel very unsettling. But know that I am with you and I will not leave you. You are well equipped. You are perfectly prepared. You are supple and pliable and teachable and humble and hardworking. You are chosen for this work. You are at the headwaters of a great river of my making. Go forward with courage. Feel your fear and receive my grace. I love you, dear and precious people that are mine, heart of my heart, flesh of my flesh, and bone of my bone. All right. So what I want to zero in on is feel your fear and receive my grace. I'm going to give examples from two scriptures, from science, and from the wisdom tradition. The point I'm going to make is access the grace that is available to you. This access, this grace, sometimes in the form of love and joy and peace. And the accessing of this grace of love and joy and peace does not depend on us being mature or spiritual or whole or well-developed. does not depend on that. In fact, this grace, this love and joy and peace is possible in the presence of anxieties, in the presence of unpleasant circumstances, in the presence of brokenness, in the presence of insecurities, in the presence of fears, manipulations, deceits, self-pity, and compulsions. There is only one requirement to receive grace, and that is a willingness to receive grace. So the first scripture that I'm going to refer to is Psalms 23. You prepare a table before me, where? In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And so five years in the future, we will look back over this next year and we will see 
the mercy and grace that was with us during this, this, this coming year. Mercy and grace is available to us. And so these enemies that he prepares a table for us in the presence of, these enemies are our insecurities, our judgments of ourselves, our unpleasant circumstances, our unpleasant feelings, our immaturities, our unspirituality, our brokenness, our insecurities, our deceits, our self-pitying, our compulsions. These are the enemies that God prepares a table for us in the presence of. And so this table is grace. He offers us grace in the presence of our enemies. And so this grace is abundant, abundant grace, an abundant table, abundant grace for the receiving. And so if we say, you know, when I stop being insecure, then I will receive grace, I will receive love and joy and peace. That's when I'm going to experience love and joy and peace, is when I'm finally no longer immature. When I'm finally no longer insecure, I will experience love and joy and peace. When I'm finally patient, I will experience love and joy and peace. When I finally conquer this habit, when I finally lose weight, when people start loving me, when I don't have a hard heart anymore, then I will experience love and joy and peace. And what I'm really doing is resisting reality because that's not the way it works. In the presence of my enemies, there is a table prepared, a table of grace. So while I have a hard heart, I get to experience love and joy and peace. And while I am immature, I get to experience love and joy and peace. And while I make mistakes, and while I make bad decisions, and while I do this and that and the other that is not acceptable to me, I get to experience love and joy and peace. Grace is available to me with just the fact of being willing to receive it. So that's the first scripture, an example of receiving grace. Partake from the table that is set before you in the presence of your enemies. Do not resist reality. Do not say, when the enemies go away, then, Jesus, I will sit down and eat with you. Second scripture, Matthew 25, 14 through 29. And this is a story that Jesus told. There was once a landowner who decided to go on a journey. And before he went, he decided to give some of his servants some property. So he gave the first servant five portions of currency. I'm going to put it that way, currency. He gave the second servant two portions of currency gave one servant one portion of currency. And he left, and he came back, and the first servant said, look, look what I did with what you gave me. And he doubled it. And the landowner said, well done, good and faithful servant. And the second servant also doubled what he had been given, and the landowner said, well done, good and faithful servant. And the third servant said, I constricted, and I considered myself unworthy of receiving anything that I didn't earn, and I blamed you, and I refused to receive what you gave me, and here it is back. 
And you can imagine the landowner wasn't real happy with him, and he gave him a tongue lashing. Now, the way Jesus told this story is he was talking about the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of earth. And if we were talking about the kingdom of earth, we would be talking about the currency of earth, which is money. But we're talking about the currency of heaven, and the currency of heaven is grace. And so, one of the explanations of this story is, is that God gives people grace. And to the degree that you will receive grace, to that degree you will multiply grace. And, by the way, it makes him really happy when you receive grace, and it doesn't make him happy when you don't receive grace. And so, again, one person received five portions of grace, and he multiplied that grace double. The second person received a smaller amount of grace, but he still took the grace that he had and doubled it. And then one person was offered grace, and he did not receive it. So, the point is, the grace is there for the taking. You do not have to be anything or do anything to receive grace. So I also suspect that there is a growth that we all begin at a place where we do not receive grace. We are full of ourselves. We are full of our lies. We are full of our false identities. And so this is us saying, you know what, I think I'm going to wait until I earn it, and when I earn it, then I'll receive it. And so we all begin as the third servant. And then after a while, that becomes a difficult way of living because we are resisting reality. And so we soften a little bit and think, well, maybe I can receive a little bit of grace. And lo and behold, he gives us a little bit of grace. And lo and behold, we multiply the little that we have. And then there's a possibility that we grow and we can receive more grace. And then we can give more grace. And then there's a possibility that it's not linear at all, that it jumps all around. And so my experience when I was typing this up, uh, my thoughts went to places like this. Hmm, I wonder if I'm the third servant. And I kept on typing. I thought, well, if I'm the third servant, then why am I standing up in front of people talking about grace? And, um, and then I thought, you know, when you were in that with your friends, you weren't very loving. And then I kept on typing. And you not only that, but you were a little jealous because she was loving. And then I kept on going, and then I thought, you know, you really are insecure. And then I kept on going, and then I thought, you know, how old are you? And, um, and after about two paragraphs of this, uh, I'm in a place that's not a very good place. And this is what I call a log jam. I'm in a log jam, and I've got some work to do, and I'm in no state to do it. Well, you know, thank you, Jesus. I am in, had enough presence to realize that I was now in the thick of doing and being exactly what I was talking about. I was in the presence of my enemies, and my enemies were overwhelming me and overcoming me. And now I had a choice. I had a table that had been set before me, and Jesus was saying to me, Sweetheart, would you like some grace? And here's grace. Grace is, you know what? Your worst fears might be true. You might be that third servant. You might have refused God's grace. And you know what? You're forgiven. And you know what? Your worst fears might be true. You might be really insecure. And you know what? You're forgiven. 
And you know what? It might be really yuck that you still have jealousies in your heart because you're so insecure. And you know what? You're forgiven. And so no matter how far back I went to how bad I was, I was forgiven. And I thought, you know what? I think I like grace. I think I'm going to receive his forgiveness. And at that point, my enemies receded and grace was at my table and I did not resist reality and I received grace. At that point, that particular logjam in my life dissipated and now we were back in the flow. So I didn't appreciate it at the time. It felt real, remember? My thoughts don't lie to me. Everything I tell myself is true, remember? Well, thank God that I have a heart guide and a head guide that is now testing the head guide and saying, you know what, everything you think might not be true. So I received grace, and I thought, you know, golly Moses, it is so hard in the moment to believe that anything is going to be different, but it can be different. So, again, the point is not in how much grace you are giving, but how much grace you are receiving. All right, so let's change gears again. And now we're going to leave Scripture, and we're going to go to science. Einstein said, everything is energy, and that is all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Everything is energy, and that is all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. So, If Jesus said that we are to be like children, let's play the pretend game. Children are good at pretend games. Let's pretend. Let's pretend that this gorgeous earth is full of love and joy and peace. Let's pretend that this gorgeous earth is full of grace. And let's pretend that what Einstein said is true. Let's pretend that love has a unique frequency, that peace has a unique frequency, that joy has a unique frequency, and that grace has a unique frequency. And let's pretend that there is no punishment whatsoever if you choose not to access love or joy or peace or grace. There's no punishment. Now, You won't experience love and joy and peace and grace, but other than that, there is no punishment. And let's pretend that the Holy Spirit within us is like a tuning fork, and that is that it can take on the frequencies and can get in sync with the frequencies of those things out there. And let's pretend that when the interior frequency and the exterior frequency are in sync, that you experience love and joy and peace, and grace. And let's pretend that anyone who wants to can sync their frequencies anytime they want. This is not just something mature people can do, because obviously children experience love and joy and peace if they are cared for. So this is not a matter of maturity. This is not a matter of uh, spirituality. 
This is not a matter of uh, good choices. This is not a matter of uh, wholeness. This is a matter of willingness. Would you like to just sync the two frequencies? And often the only thing that stands between us and that happening is we choose to believe our lies or we choose to identify with our false selves. Selves. And that's the only thing that gets in between of this frequency and this frequency creating an arc, creating a current so that we are in harmony with what is. So remember, we're just pretending, but let's keep pretending a similar pretense. Let's pretend that out there, there are um, swaths of Disney sparkle energy waves. And what that means is whenever you go out there and there's this swath of Disney sparkle energy wave and you walk through it, that you feel what that energy wave is feeling. So if you get an energy wave sparkling of love, then you walk through it and you feel love. And there's another one out there of joy. And there's another one out there of peace. And if a squirrel runs through it, then he goes, whoa, what was that? And if a bird flies through there, she says, whoa, what was that? If you walk through it, it doesn't matter whether you're whole or not. It doesn't matter whether you are spiritual or not. It doesn't matter whether you have made good decisions or not. You are in sync with what is. Anyone who walks through, any squirrel, any bird, will experience what is. So again, if we're pretending, let's pretend that the earth is full of love and joy and peace. And that when we tune our inner frequencies and get out of the way of that and sync it with the outer frequencies, we experience a current of love and joy and peace. So again, another analogy. Let's pretend that the sun radiates love and joy and peace, just like it radiates warmth. Anybody can go out into the sun and receive warmth. It doesn't matter whether you're intelligent or not. It doesn't matter whether you are rich or not. It doesn't matter whether you have made good decisions or not. All that matters is you were cold, you got tired of being cold, and you decided that you wanted to be warm. You received warmth. The willingness to receive grace. So all are welcome. All may receive grace. All are invited to receive love, and joy, and peace. Just like children, they are natural receivers of grace. These requirements that we put on ourselves, the only reason they're there is because they wear us out. And they wear us out because when we are worn out, then we are willing to receive If we can get to the place where we are willing to receive without getting worn out, kudos. I hope you can get there. I haven't been able to. The requirements are wearing me out. Thank you, Jesus. All right, the fourth example of receiving grace. So remember that love and joy and peace is the currency of the kingdom of heaven. It's the currency of eternity. Remember last week when Doug talked about time, when he talked about time? This is what I heard. Time is more flexible than we know. Time is an interruption 
of eternity. We can insert eternity into time by being present to the present. Okay. This is what I heard. Time is more flexible than we know. Time is an interruption of eternity. We can insert eternity into time by being present to the present. So if this is eternity, and it gets interrupted by time, and then there's eternity. So let's say that we are here in time, and we want some of the currency of eternity. Then we can reach up by being in the present moment and bring down love, joy, and peace. Grace, the currency of eternity. The currency of the kingdom of heaven. Eternity, interruption by time. Eternity. We are in time. Let's reach up and bring the currency of the kingdom of heaven onto earth by being present to the present moment. All right, so when I am choosing to be present in the present moment, it's a choice. And I will... When I decide to be present, I can feel my center of gravity dropping. I feel my upper arms being hyper alert. My hearing becomes more keen. I hear things that I, were not, I had not heard before. And I feel more solid here. And my thoughts are quieted. So I enter into a different space and I experience reality differently. And I avail myself to love and peace and joy and grace to the degree that I desire. And so the point being, I'm inviting you that when you find yourself in time and you decide that you want some of the currency of heaven, there are no requirements. Reach and receive grace to the degree that you want grace. Insert love and joy and peace and grace into the present moment. And just like the parable that we were talking about before, when you receive, you not only receive, but then you multiply. So if you refuse grace, you are multiplying that refusal. And if you receive grace, you are multiplying that refusal. I mean, that acceptance. So, if you find yourself not living in the moment... And if you find yourself not syncing your frequencies with the Holy Spirit and not receiving grace from the Master and refusing to set, sit at the table that the shepherd has set before you in the presence of your enemies, and if you give yourself up for lost and you shed big tears, maybe God will send you some sparrows and maybe they will fly to you and implore you to exert yourself to receive grace. But I'm going to end here on a more serious note. While we are in this season of anxiety, let us remember to receive the grace we need and not demand anything from ourselves before we can receive grace and hear the voice of God. And perhaps, 
just perhaps, if we do that, we might hear God say this, Dear and precious people that are mine, heart of my heart, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, I know this is not an easy time for you. I know transitions stir up anxieties and fears and sadnesses and resentments. I know siftings and stirrings and movings feel very unsettling. But know that I am with you, that I will not leave you, and you are well equipped. You are perfectly prepared. You are supple and pliable and teachable and humble and hardworking. You are chosen for this work. You are at the headwaters of a great water, a great river of my making. Go forward with courage. Feel your fear and receive my grace. I love you, dear and precious people that are mine, heart of my heart, flesh of my flesh, and bone of my bone. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.